Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I want to start off by thanking you all for your support in buying the homecoming book. As a result of your support, we're now the number one book in clinical psychology, and I encourage you to continue making your orders for both the hardback and the audiobook. And once you have read your book, please go back to the website where you purchased it and leave a book review so others will know what you gained from homecoming. And I'm excited because we have a poem on today. And this poem is entitled Grief Envy by Sarah. After her father died, friends gathered around her table where tears fell into wine, where laughter touched old photos on her computer screen, where stories filled air like butterfly wings, friendship's love held her up like crutches, and then she walked again. And when my time for such grief came, I longed for such a rose to grow from thorns, and yet my grief stayed hid, like a bottle of whiskey stashed in the tool shed, like an opiate habit, just another prescription to fill. How in the hell can you envy grief? Well, like everything else, addiction steals. It robs grief too. Mm, yes, thank you so much, Sarah, for this important piece, both on grief and on addiction and recognizing some people have a cloud of witnesses, have an army of supporters helping them get through it. And for some people during their grieving season, it can seem that many have disappeared or walked away or not shown up for you. And we are living in a season where so many of us have faced grief, are continuing to face grief, that I want to talk today about how to support friends who are grieving, friends or a family member or a spouse or partner who is in a, a grieving space. We want to be mindful about helpful ways to show up for them, to show up for each other. And of course, if you are the person who is grieving, to be open to allowing people, the right people, supportive people, to show up for you so we don't have to carry it alone. So I invite us to take a moment to have sacred pause and reflect on the people in your life who you know may be grieving. And it's so important for us to know that 
grief lasts longer than a week, longer than a month. So even if the person did not just, quote unquote, lose someone, for us to be aware of who in my circle, who in my community is continuing to grieve and to reflect on for myself, what are the ways I have shown up for them and what are the ways I would like to do better about showing up, of really being a source of support, for being a confidant, for being a friend. So here are some strategies for us to think about. And the first thing I want to name is not avoiding the topic and not avoiding the person. Sometimes people say, I don't know what to say, particularly in in special circumstances surrounding death. So for example, when someone has a loved one who died by miscarriage or died by suicide, sometimes others will avoid them because Uh, They feel awkward or uncomfortable and uh, don't know the right words. And I want to share with you that your sacred presence is so much more important than finding the perfect words. And so being willing to show up when people are hurting, when they are grieving, and not pretending that the death has not occurred. And so while some who are grieving may not want it to be the center of every conversation, uh, there are those of us who pretend nothing has happened uh, and try to keep things quote unquote light while people are really in a heavy place. And so we want to be intentional that not only am I going to show up, but I am willing to speak it and to name it so that we can um, really be a source of support requires breaking silence about death, breaking silence about the grieving. And as people are grieving, it's important to release from our minds this idea that we want to always focus on the good. Um, because when we do not make room for people's pain and for their missing, it is really censoring and silencing. And so we can have a tendency to always want to look on the bright side, to always want to reframe people's grief in ways that make us more comfortable. And I invite you to develop intentionally the emotional capacity that allows you to be present with suffering, to be present with people's pain, to be present with their anger, their frustration, their disappointment, their hurt, for them not to have to package it for our digestion and for us not to take their pain and repackage it so that only the good or the positive frame or aspect is acceptable. And so 
those of us who have the emotional capacity and will to walk with people through the valley of the shadow of death, recognizing that it is a valley, right? So that when people are in a pit, am I able to be present with people in their pit season without needing to constantly make jokes or say, well, the blessing of this is, well, the great part of this is, well, the wonderful thing is, can we just sit with the tears, with the silence, with the pain, without having to put a positive spin on it? The next point I would say for showing up with those who are grieving is to release comparison. We are all on our own healing journey. And so to compare people's grief to your own process or to other people's, when we do that in a harmful way, it can set up a direct or indirect uh, expectation that the person you are speaking to should grieve like you or should grieve like some other person. And so holding up your journey or someone else's journey as the model can be very dismissive and even disrespectful, right? And so the reality is we are not clones. We are not duplicates. We are not identical. And so some people, when they are grieving, are grieving with a lot of busyness as a way of trying to contain it all. Some people who are grieving may be sleeping a lot or laying in the bed or laying on the couch. And so to hold up either one of them and say, oh, what you need to do is get busy or to uh, immediately say to the busy one, uh, what you need to do is go lay down. Let us allow people their journey and their process with our respect and with our support and being mindful and thoughtful to see people within the frame of their lives, right? What are the ways that they have coped with past circumstances? What are the ways in which they grieve? What are the ways in which they make meaning? And so we want to see people on their own terms. We also want to really be careful about diminishing a person's grief. And this can go along with being uh, purposeful or pushy about trying to make people see the quote unquote bright side, right? And so if someone has a parent who died and we say to them, well, at least you had them for the number of years you had them because some people lost their parents as children and you're an adult. So when we say things like that, uh, it is very harmful. It is not helpful. It is very dismissive and it uh, does not honor, does not honor people their loved one, nor their grief, right? So anything you are thinking in your mind that makes this death 
less of a death or less significant is problematic. So we know what the intention may be is you're thinking that framing it this way is going to help them to feel better, but actually it can make people feel worse because now not only am I grieving, but there is this judgment about in some ways me not having the full right to grieve. Yeah. So we never want to diminish. We also want to be careful about our spiritual framing. And again, this can be our intention to help or to lift the burden, but sometimes we engage in a toxic spirituality by which we assume if a person has faith or a spiritual or religious, that they should not feel any hurt or that they should not grieve or that they should not have any disappointment. And that also is harmful and problematic and lacking compassion. And so uh, we never want to say to someone, well, you know, at least they're in a better place, so we should be celebrating. Or to say to someone, you just need to be thankful to God for the time you had with them and, you know, release the grief and just have gratitude. So these uh, do not allow for truth. It does not allow for the human experience that people can feel more than one thing at the same time. And so I can be grateful for the time I had with a person and still deeply, deeply miss them and that missing be very painful. I can even feel a celebration in a sense of what they did with their life and I honor them and feel that they were an incredible person and I still deeply, deeply miss them, right? I may even feel relief for them that they're not in pain anymore because they were suffering uh, with uh, illness and with uh, perhaps despair. And now they're not in that active suffering state. So I, I might believe that, think that, feel that, and yet still really be grieving. Yes. Uh, some people are dealing uh, with the realities that their loved one didn't get the best care. Um, so either confusion about what happened perhaps at uh, the hospital or in the circumstance or feeling like negligence uh, contributed uh, to the death of their loved one. And so if they are speaking about their confusion or their anger about that journey, then we want to be careful again not to put these religious or spiritual pressures on people to force them to be silent about what they are feeling. That's not what friendship is, right? That when we are friends, my presence is meant to be liberating, freeing for people to be able uh, to speak the truth about where they are. We also want to be careful when people are grieving 
to not comment on the appearance or on their home. It is enough for people trying to just get through the day. And so when we are insulting people who are grieving about uh, their dress, about their hair, about the state of their home, that also is insensitive and it does not make me a good friend. If I go to see a friend who is grieving, at the most, if there are, you know, things that are out of order, I may volunteer or ask, is it okay with you if I do uh, the kitchen for you? Is it okay for you if I, you know, move these papers aside for you, right? But we don't want to go into a judgment zone. And again, as I said, we are grieving differently. Some people, the way they deal with their suffering is they get super active and are cleaning everything and organizing everything and decluttering. And they've already gone through their loved one's belongings and cleared them out quickly. And for some people, they're not ready to do that yet, or they do not have uh, the energy or the focus. And so we want to be the friend who shows up to help, who shows up in compassion, who does not show up in judgment, right? So it's not helpful for me to say, oh, you would feel better if you would do your hair or you would feel better if you would notice that you're gaining weight or losing weight. And so you need to, you know, and we have all of these mandates of what people need to do. And I invite you, if that is your tendency to try to tell people how to run their life and how to get through their grief, if that's your style, I invite you in this season to think about what it would mean for you to become more gentle. I invite you in this season to think about what it would mean for people to be at ease in your presence instead of your presence being a source of stress. I wonder what it would mean for you to think about in this season that I want to learn how to love with a light touch instead of loving people with a force that makes them do things my way. We also want to be uh, mindful of not putting off our comfort, our compassion, our support. Uh, some people will assume that you have a lot of people. And so they say, oh, I'm going to wait. I know they're probably getting a lot of support. I know they're probably getting a lot of attention. So I'll wait. And then sometimes you wait so long you forget or you wait so long that in actuality, they needed the support. It may be that they don't have as many people around them as you thought, or you might see them surrounded by people. But some of us know a lot of people, but don't feel comfort from those people. So you have a lot of people maybe circling around you, but they're not really your friend. 
right? So you really desiring uh, the presence of your friend. And so we are reaching out. We are showing up. We want to be mindful that we are not judging or trying to dictate people's process and that we are looking for ways to express our love and our care. And there are a number of ways that we can do that. We can attend to both this person, what are the ways they like to receive love or support or care? And also, what are the things that we know by observation or that we are hearing from them are points of need? Uh, Because when we are grieving, there's often so many things that need to be done. And so for us to say, let me allow my love to show up in action. Let me demonstrate my love. And so my love and care as a friend, as a family member, as a partner, it may be showing up with words. It may be showing up with food. It may be showing up with time. It may be showing up by running errands and completing tasks. It may be showing up by being the communications person so that the person who is grieving does not have to continuously repeat the same thing to those who are calling or who are asking. We also want to say, what are the ways I will continue to show up? Because uh, grieving is not instant. It's not one and done. Uh, There is a need for that ongoing support. People who are grieving also will appreciate acknowledgement of how hard grief is, how painful grief can be. And so that goes to the not trying to package it in positive terms. So when people say, this is horrible, I miss my loved one right? I am not there to convince them that that is not the case. I'm not there to say, well, at least, or on the bright side. I'm there to say, yes, yes, right? Yes, it is true that this is painful, that this is hard. And so acknowledgement without debate or convincing or, or packaging or pressure is all very important. It also will be important in being a support person to learn to listen, right? To listen to people's uh, grief, to listen to their stories, to listen to their hopes, that we don't need to have commentary or we don't have to follow up with our own story. And so I would invite you to settle your spirit and also removing ego, meaning I don't have to turn the conversation to focus on me, right? I don't need it to be about the journey I had or have when I lost someone in the past, right? So let the center be the center, meaning the friend I am there to support and to allow myself to be a good listener and to give space, right? To allow emotional, spiritual space. 
and physical space in the sense of I'm not running, right? I'm not too busy to hear it, but to really be present for the gift of the story, for the gift of the sharing. That can be so helpful. You can also offer, and some people are different, some people like it, some people don't. If you know someone or a group that is having a similar experience, you can tell them about it to see if they would like the introduction made or if they would like the connection made. Uh, For some people, when they're grieving, it can be helpful to talk to persons who have a similar uh, circumstance. So for example, there are groups where I live for mothers who have lost children to gun violence. You know, so that is a particular experience. And those who have not had that experience, while we can be compassionate, you may not fully get it in the way someone would who has had that. Or those who have had a loved one to die from a particular medical illness, those who have had a loved one die by suicide, those who are grieving miscarriage. And so if you know someone else who has a similar experience or you know about a group that is focused on a particular uh, community, you can offer that. You know, you can say, would you like me to make the introduction? I think uh, you all would have a lot to talk about or to share, or I think they might be helpful. And some people would say yes immediately. Some people may say no immediately. And later on, when they're in another place, say, you know, you mentioned that group and I think I want to try it. And some people will permanently say no, that that's not the way they want to have their process. But we can can make the offer. And we also want to consider not only the kind of grand ways that people can show up at the time of the funeral, right, with kind of these large gifts. Um, But we also want to think about showing up in little ways over time and with consistency, right, to be consistent as people are processing. So they know that you're someone who is going to be a continuous presence, that you are there for them in that way. And we also want to be really mindful about the difficult moments becoming undone. That for some people that is immediate, for some people it hits them down the road. And so for me to have the capacity and the willingness and the love to be present when it's messy, right? To be present. And when I say messy, I mean emotionally messy when it feels like you're falling apart and perhaps not just feels like, but in reality, when people become undone for them not to have to pretend. And often when we are in that state, we can't pretend anyway. And so uh, to see people in those moments with the eyes of love and compassion And it's not for me to run and tell other people. 
It's not for me to uh, press people into, quote unquote, pulling it together. But I can be present with people as it is falling apart because the death of uh, some loved ones really does mean we're having to rework our world, right? And so as the world turns upside down, you want to be the kind of friend who is present, knowing that in time, people will get back into a new rhythm of life and that we want to be with them through that journey. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.